Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Um, This show has been on Voice America. I think we're in our 22nd year, and um, it's it's really a wonderful network. It helps people turn their problems into solutions, and also that's what we do here, and we help people really make their dreams come true on this program. Today we're talking about addiction, which I think – as I was saying to our guest before the show, I think we all have some sort of an addiction. It could be a soft addiction, whatever it is, things that we just really have to do. So we're going to talk about that today. And But on the other hand, millions of Americans are lost to addiction each year, causing more direct and indirect deaths more than any other illness. In a world where many things are uncertain, we do know this. There are many kinds of addiction, and in spite of treatment and everything we're doing, addiction is only increasing. My guest is Dr. Donna Marks. She is a renowned psychotherapist, addictions counselor, and teacher of miracles, of A Course in Miracles, for more than 30 years. She merges her professional experience and her own personal history of addictions to offer a single revolutionary solution to all. And her book is called Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Course, One Cure, and it's also in an expanded version. Okay, um, She has been in practice for over 30 years. In 1989, Dr. Marks developed a, cl- a chemical dependency training program at Palm Beach Community College, which has now grown into a four-year degree and received the Florida Governor's Council Award. And she has many books, and she also teaches A Course in Miracles. And welcome, Dr. Donna Marks. Thank you for having me on the show, Patricia. And just call me Donna. Okay, yeah, it's really great. Um, So let's talk about this. Um, First of all, what led you to want to work with addiction in particular? Well, it was the last thing I wanted to work with (laughs) when I started practicing psychotherapy. Uh, I had been raised with it, and uh, I, I just just wanted to stay as far away from it as possible. I didn't understand addiction at the time, and I didn't understand that I was developing my own addictions. I was very young then. Uh, it's a progressive illness, so uh, I decided to do it once um, I realized how pervasive it is, how many um, people have it, how, including therapists, by the way, uh, and there's a lot of unhealed people. And I uh, just gravitated towards it naturally. And then when I was um, when I was later working on my dissertation, I developed that program that won the award because I had done some research in the area and found that of about thirty people uh, who were randomly randomly selected to take a true false questionnaire of symptoms and phases of addiction. Only one person passed it. Everyone else didn't even get half the answers right. And it was just common things like, uh, you know, uh, someone um, tries to control their behavior and they can't. Mm. Uh, that's a sign of addiction. That, that you know, mm. and, and not only that, there was like, they're really angry, you know, mm. <laughs> angry. 
<laughs> so um, that really, you know, that really uh, uh, supported my my hypothesis that there w- were, were in need of training. And mm. so that, that just led from one thing to the next. I, I became certified in addictions and mainly work with um, systems, either uh, corporate systems or family systems or, or romantic systems that uh, need to become more functional and healthy and on track. Yeah, your book, your subtitle is One Addiction, One Cause, One Cure. So is it the same cure, if you will, for everyone? Or is it the same philosophy for whatever addiction it is? Well, uh, when I wrote that book, uh, we called it that because cure did not mean that you could ever safely engage in the addiction again. But it meant that once you... Uh, in my view, once you no longer engage in any type of addictive behavior, that's the cure because the cure is love. And so you replace the addiction with self-love and you're not even thinking about the addiction anymore. It's you're just like any other bad relationship. You're done with it. You don't think about it. You go through a slight withdrawal and grieving process. And then you've replaced that time that you were self-destructing with the addiction are uh, affecting your mental, emotional health or family health or business health. You use that time now to do something that's really good for you and not addictive. When we revised it, we revised the title. Some people had an issue with that word cure uh, because we're taught you know, in, in recovery that, the, that you're never cured of addiction. Uh, and I didn't mean it in that way um, because mm. of course, once someone has crossed a line and they become addicted to something, they can't ever moderate it in a healthy way yeah. we know yeah. that maybe one and you know maybe one in 10 billion or something but i mean those are not good odds so we changed it from a cure to solution one addiction one cause one solution one solution so donna let's talk about the different addictions now we know the ones that are very obvious the substance abuse drugs alcohol smoking um substances those are but let's talk about, and gambling could be one, narcotics. I mean, we have groups, we have support groups for all these. Let's talk about some of them that we don't think of as an addiction, like constant worry. Or another one might be, um, you know, someone who just writes all the time, like 100 books they write. Um, or someone who's a little bit OCD, constantly cleaning and constantly making sure that everything is there and in the right place. So I want to ask you about those, because although those aren't the substance abuse addictions, they're still there and they still um, really affect people. So please talk about those or share your solutions. Well, we need to differentiate between um, addiction and bad habits. Okay. Some people have bad habits, but there's no negative consequences. So if you're trying to control something and you repeatedly have negative consequences, that would would be where I would zero in on a person having an addiction. So uh, there's lots of them. I, I categorize, and you know, the psychiatric field just goes on fire whenever I say something like this. But I categorize OCD as an addiction. I have all the same characteristics of any other addiction if I don't get to have those shirts in order or the scrub with the toothbrush. I mean, and, there's, and just like any addiction, there's there's stages and phases. So someone may start off when, you know, with just needing everything in place and then ultimately they're really, you know, 
going to town with the toothbrush and the cleaning products yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, um, but there's shopping, there's spending, there's pornography. Yes, you mentioned gambling, writing 70 books. Uh, I mean, that could be an addiction to money. It could be an addiction to work and, and, and disguise. You know, someone just looks really productive, but they can't just be still. They can't just enjoy those nuances and those quiet yeah. times in life. What about um, worry? Well, that's uh, I, I would consider that obs- obsessive, you know, obsessive thoughts. And that's certainly addictive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I really would like to go back to what you said about the solution being love um, and what you mean by that. When you say self-love, does that mean we say mantras? Does that mean that we exercise more? We take hot baths? We've, we're around people that love us and support us? We're kind to ourselves? Is it all of that? Well, people think that people think like this. I love ice cream. I love smoking. I love my cocktails. (laughs) And really, that's not true. (laughs) You love the way it makes you feel. So in order to eliminate that toxic, unhealthy behavior, what you do is you learn how to give up feeling fake love for a behavior that gives you authentic love. So instead of eating a bag of jelly beans, I might spend my time researching healthy, sweet recipes that don't include sugar and making them. Uh, instead of, uh, of, of gambling, I might study uh, statistics or something concerning mathematics that's stimulating and interesting and produces an income, doesn't deplete it. And so we just kind of learn how to replace whatever the addiction is with some type of behavior that makes us feel love for ourselves rather than fake love. My question then, going back to the obsessiveness, whether it's cleaning or it's worry, if you're worrying a lot, are you really getting love? So how would you replace that? Because the reward really isn't, gee, that feels good. Well, first of all, we don't have control over the universe. So you need to face that reality that all the obsessive thoughts in the world are not going to change whatever you're worrying about. Now, some worrying is good. Like if I if I need to pay my bills and I forgot to do it, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Or if there's something that I'm procrastinating, you know, some worrying is is not unhealthy, but it's when we go to bed at night and the wheels are turning round and round. I think that's what you're talking about or all day long. And, and we're obsessing over things. Number one, we do not have control over anything but ourselves. And even that is a challenge for most of us. And then um, to be able to uh, develop some type of a, a cognitive thinking process. You know, I'm thinking that if, if I, I worry about this, I have some, t- it somehow will, will make things better. And, you know, you can convert that into let me define the problem and then here's some solutions. And then if you need to get help with those solutions, that would be the next step. But I also think that even though there's such an agnostic movement going across the universe right now, or across the world right now, that to develop some type of, of spirituality, and that's why I introduced my concept of love being the spiritual element, that it's not kind to myself to sit there and obsess over and over and over again. And I don't have to do it. I can surrender whatever I'm worried about. If I've done everything I can to solve the problem, I can surrender that 
to whatever um, force there might be to that that I could just give it to. Um, just like I give my, you know, I give when I go to sleep at night. I know that sun, daylight will come, and you know, I know that the night will come, and somehow it all happens. I don't have to have any control over it at all. And to be able to just kind of let go of that. And I tell people, look back, look back. All these fears that you ever had, did they come true? And if so, could you have prevented them? Because when we look back, we usually see that things did work out. We may have had painful moments in our life, but things did work out. And when they didn't, it's usually because we kept stirring the pot or we interfered in some way. Mm. Very good advice. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about addiction with Dr. Donna Marks. We'll talk about drugs and alcohol. We'll talk about, again, breaking up with your addiction, more things that we can do. And we'll talk about spirituality and how that can be part of the love to help with addiction. So you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And my guest is Dr. Donna Marks. And her book is Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, and One Solution. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson, the Midlife Whisperer. Your midlife roadmap is the blueprint you need to roll with change, transform yourself, and create a fabulous second adulthood. Get answers and solutions for whatever you're up against and transform problems into opportunities. Make your next life chapter your best chapter with Rock Your Midlife every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. 
You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back, and we are talking about addiction with Dr. Donna Marks. Her book is Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Solution. And Dr. Donna Marks is a renowned psychotherapist, addictions counselor, and she teaches the Course in Miracles. And she has been a psychotherapist and counselor in Palm Beach, Florida for over 30 years. In 1989, Dr. Marks developed a chemical dependency training program at Palm Beach Community College, which has grown into a four-year degree and received the Florida Governor's Council Award. She's also a certified gestalt therapist, psychoanalyst, hypnotist, sex therapist, and teaches A Course in Miracles, along with sharing her methods with hundreds of thousands of listeners on podcasts and radio shows. And you can log on to drdonnamarks.com. Welcome back. Donna. Thank you. Yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, the experience of all those years of doing this work. Have you seen changes in the way people are reacting and behaving since COVID? I mean, there's much more anxiety. There's much more need for mental health services. What have you seen in your practice since COVID? Well, I think that I think that people are uh, experiencing more stress because COVID for, for some people really shook, you know, took the ground out from underneath them and they're still trying to find their footing. Um, And again, you know, we do have a choice how we perceive these things. And um, I was really blessed through my own personal journey that um, when it hit us, I just said, you know, there's lots of opportunity here. And one of them is, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is we, we can choose between fear or love. And I'm not going to choose fear. I, this is before the vaccine. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to work. And if somebody wants to come in, um, they can. If they don't want to, you know, we have Zoom. Um, or we had at the time, I think I was using Google Meet. Um, so, and that worked well for me. Um I didn't experience the anxiety or the fear. I kept saying, you know, I don't know. I know I have a date on my birth certificate. I don't have one on my death certificate. And I think it's already written. So to get all ramped up is really going to compromise my immune system. And I don't want to do that. So I, I I did what I teach. I got a lot of recipes out and and enjoyed, you know, in, in my free time. Uh, and as I told you earlier, I also transformed my practice from, you know, individual therapy to concierge therapy, which is very intensive, like outpatient treatment. But, um, you know, I just spent all my free time uh, cooking and, you know, just taking care of projects that have been on the back burner for a long time and things like that. So I think we have a choice. Um, a lot of people were frantic. They were afraid to go out. They were scared to death. And uh, the fear, you know, they're running on fear. And um, we do have a choice. We do not have to perceive even the worst disasters. Uh, I, I don't remember if it, who said it, but one of the, the great spiritual teachers said, pain, you know, pain is, is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And of course, when we have a major life change like COVID or a death of a loved one or a divorce or loss of a child. I mean, over the years, I've heard so many things. Of course, there's a period of pain. And of course, there's going to be some fear, you know, about how's this going to work out and how's that going to work out. 
but we can really latch onto that fear and ride it like a buck and bronco, or we can latch on to the calm and peace that is around us all the time and take advantage of those moments to really get anchored into and centered into the loving part of ourselves. That is what I call spirituality, Mm -hmm. connecting with the internal love instead of the mind, you know, that's running, running, running Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. You talk about three parts of self-love. What are they? Well, uh, finding it, uh, you know, and removing the blocks, the, the first the first one is to, you know, recognize that there's probably something in the past that's still um, pulling your strings, your fear strings. And so whenever you feel out of control or anything reminds you of the past, uh, you, you tend to, you know, what I it's called it's what I call that invisible hole that we all have, and that's where where the addiction lives. You know, there's something, there's fear there, there's pain of the past. There's all it's all negative energy that form this invisible hole inside of us. So you have to face that you know, something must have happened back then. Then the sex, the, the next thing is to be able to address that pain and to heal it so that it's not continuing to drill that hole. And then the third thing is to learn how to replace fear with love. Mm. Yeah. And I guess the question is for someone listening to this and they hear that, they say, but how do I really do that? You know, because there may be a lot of guilt. There may be a lot of messages they were taught around being kind to yourself or taking time off or getting a massage or traveling or things that they enjoy, but there's guilt from whatever messages they heard in the past. So again, how do you help people break through that so they can follow this process? So uh, one of the things that I talk about is guilt and anger, and they basically cover up the fear. I mean, guilt is fear if you think about it, like, uh, you know, I don't deserve this, or if I do this, that might happen. You know, it's really just fear. And anger also is that fear of, you know, not being loved or not being lovable. I mean, that's all kind of what it boils down to. But, uh, you know, we have to even go back. Like, imagine... This brand new baby, and you know, I'm this very fresh on my mind. I wrote about it in the book at the time. I didn't have a a new grandchild. Now I do. But, you know, this beautiful, beautiful baby, you know, just perfect. And of course, now they're saying, you know, we're, we're born with this brain disease called addiction, which I just think is completely insane, you know, because if we are, then we need to treat it with addiction pills, you know, but I have this beautiful grandchild, she's got a history of addiction, so she is going to be more susceptible, no fact, you know, that's a fact, it's genetic, but there isn't a gene that says she ever has to drink or smoke or take drugs or anything like that. So that's where, you know, I really draw the line on, on uh, brain disorder, but anyhow, Her mom gives her what she needs. Her mother feeds her when she's hungry. Her mother's nurturing her. Her mother's bonding with her. She's always got, you know, either the, you know, enough clothes or if she's warm, she's, you know, she's not forced to wear it. She's not neglected. She's nurtured. She has a a, a, what we call in in psychoanalysis, a secure attachment, an object of love that's constant for her. And you can tell this little one and a half year old feels she is like, feeling good about herself. And she's very sharing and giving because there's no lack, you know, she feels a lot of love. And so, and she has, uh, she has enough food and shelter and toys and all. So there's no sense of lack. 
And this child is going to grow up with a good self-esteem. So the first time that, uh, you know, she's uh, tempted to encouraged to drink or take drugs or whatever she between her education at home and her she doesn't have that big invisible hall she's going to say you know i don't think i want to do that you know i'm not going to judge anybody for doing it but i don't think i want to do that or if she eats too much candy and feels sick she's going to say this doesn't feel good to me i don't want to do that anymore i want to make sure i eat my healthy food before you know i have dessert and 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 on and on and on so really we have to learn when we didn't get that as kids and most people with addictions there are some there the swiss cheese let's say there are you know some have more than others but there are some gaps there and so we have to learn how to treat ourselves like that brand new baby and that little child, and even that teenager at times, we have to really learn how to connect to ourselves emotionally, allow ourselves to feel sad when we feel sad, allow ourselves to be feel mad when we feel mad, and, and deal with those emotions in productive and healthy ways, not destructive ways. Hmm. Those are ways that you learn to love yourself. Yeah, and, and it, it, it makes so much sense. And I think, as you said, when you talked about in childhood, there were many, many of us, you know, did not have that secure attachment that you talk about. And a lot of people grow up with kind of that inconsistent reinforcement, like Pavlov's dogs. One minute you're wonderful, and the next minute you're not, but then you're great, but then you're not. And so it's confusing. And so you grow up with, gee, you know, what can I really count on here? And will the shoe drop? And so I think it's going to take more time, but it feels like there are a lot of people who've had that more than the secure attachment. What would you say? Uh, well, the people that become uh, mentally unhealthy or addicted, yes, I, I do. And and again, I don't blame, you know, I, I'm totally at peace with my parents and feel nothing but love for them, but I had to work through those situations that caused me not to love myself growing up. But I did work through them, and I do have just that positive relation now. <clears throat> um, I don't, you know, I never, I, I, I don't, but we don't blame. We don't blame anybody, but we process our emotions. And so that's the key here is to be able to get on the other side of it and to acknowledge it. It takes courage. It's not comfortable. It's, in fact, I, somebody told me that I'm really resenting this. I'm like, it's really uncomfortable, I understand. Um, but turn your resentment into acknowledging your courage you have courage to go through this it's very uncomfortable and uh so that's why that's one of the reasons i I started the concierge practice because it allows people to form a secure attachment with a therapist and it's totally uh unorthodox you know they they say oh your patients aren't supposed to be dependent on you well they need to learn how to be dependent on someone at some point in their life to heal that part of them that never had that and then they just naturally become independent nobody wants to be uh, attached to their therapist forever nor does do i want that but i want them to experience what that feels like because if they allow themselves to be vulnerable and dependent in healthy ways while they're learning how to love themselves then they won't be afraid of it with other people. Addiction is about being separated from love, being separated from relationships. So we want to be able to heal that so that people can go on with their lives. Mm, Very important. How can people find you? 
Um, I have a website, www.drdonnamarks.com, and I have free meditations on there. We do I do a weekly blog that, that we post every, every week. And if you register, it doesn't, there's no fee or anything like that, but we would automatically send you notices of classes, workshops. You can take the meditations. You can get the free blogs every week and um, be a part of the, uh, my goal is to save a million lives in the next 10 years from addiction. So you can be a part of that That's by signing up. And anybody can do that. And it's absolutely drdonamarks.com. Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Today we're talking about addiction with Dr. Donna Marks, who's been a licensed psychotherapist and addiction counselor in Palm Beach, Florida for over 30 years. And her new book is her, the book that has been revised is Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, and One Solution. And she also is a teacher of A Course in Miracles for more than 30 years. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to be back with Dr. Marks, with Dr. Donna Marks after the break, and we'll talk more about addictions and how do we deal with addiction in relationships. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. 
Hello, everyone, and we are back. We are talking today about addiction. My guest is Dr. Donna Marks, who is the author of the revised edition, Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, and One Solution. Dr. Donna Marks is a renowned psychotherapist, addictions counselor, and teacher of A Course in Miracles. And welcome back, Donna. Thank you. Yeah, um, fascinating. Okay, let's talk about one of the elephants in the rooms. And that is, how do you deal with addiction when you're in a relationship? Well, are you speaking about the person who's addicted or the person who's with the addicted? I'm actually speaking about both. So let's do okay. one. Okay, okay. So if you're uh, if you're in a, if you're addicted and you're in a relationship, uh, that's going to be very difficult for for both people. Um, usually, people don't realize they have an addiction. Uh, they, you know, let's take uh, somebody who thinks they just like to drink, or someone who just thinks they like cookies, or, or the, the somebody who just, you know, the only reason I'm on porn five times a week is because you know my partner. Uh, isn't interested, you know, so they don't realize that they actually have an addiction. And so they, they, they will at some point, you know, they'll say, I've got to stop this or, you know, it's interfering in some way. That's one of the signs, you know, negative consequences. Um, or it's or uh, like with sex addiction, um, pornography uh, being one type of that, you know, the, the partner wants to have sex and there's just, you know, it's just there's just no motivation. It's not the same. Uh, because the person's libido is depleted. <clears throat> so if you're going to do that, you're gonna, first thing you're going to have to do is get honest that you don't even have to call it an addiction. But what I'm doing is it, it, there's a price here. <clears throat> and do I want to get this immediate fake love, this high that I've confused for real authentic love? Or do, or do I want to really, you know, address this issue and so that I can be real for myself first, my relationship with myself first to be real and authentic and true to myself, and then to be able to have an authentic relationship with another person. Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is no, and this is a tragedy. I, I see it all the time. I see it all the time where someone wants to, and they, and they, they will engage in some type of recovery process but then after, you know, a month or so, they, they drift back into it. Uh, it's much more common than not because what's happening is they're not really ready or they just aren't putting forth that effort to replace the addiction with an act of self-love. Being ready is really important. And sometimes it takes going to jail or it takes a, a divorce or um even sometimes people have car accidents and hurt other people. Um, sometimes they have developed, such, if you take a food addiction, such horrible health. Um, you know, I believe that the number one mental health and physical health medical illness is addiction because what's happening is people are doing things, alcohol, drugs, sugar, and trans fats. They are doing them so addictively that it's causing permanent harm mm. to their brain and, and or their liver and then getting cancer, stroke, heart attack, mm. diabetes too, uh, lung damage and mental illness, mostly because of substances. And then they go to the doctor and they get, again, like I said earlier, they get pills. Some of them are mood altering. Some of them are psychotropic. Some of them are 
our, you know, for cholesterols and whatever, you know, heart disease and chemotherapy, whatever. But anyhow, they get treated medically and no one's addressing that this is an addiction. And mm. so, you know, we need to really teach little children. It's too late by the time, you know, say no to drugs. I mean, they, we have to teach it parents mm. before they ever even go to school, you know, like your body is a sacred place and you want to treat it that way. So, but I, I digress. Sorry. So no, that's all right. I think what I, and, and I understand that when you're in the addiction, what if the partner is the addicted person? Right. Now we know we can't change other people. Right. So how so do you deal with that? If you're with someone who's addicted, again, face reality. Um, you can't, contr- you know, you, you cannot get someone to see what they don't want to see. You have to be able to see it yourself. So if you recognize that someone has an addiction, and this is the hardest part, what happens is people get stuck in a cycle of pointing it out to someone. You know, you're drinking too much, you're doing this, you're doing that, whatever. Are you, are you, are you? And um, that's not healthy. That just keeps some the whole system in denial. But what you can do is present specific facts and say, I think you have a problem. I don't want, this is not the relationship that I signed up for. I love you very much. I'm willing to work through this with you. I'm willing to work on changing my role in this relationship. I might be triggering you, um, whatever, but I don't want all our energy going into all this negativity that, 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 that this problem is causing. You don't even have to use the word addiction. And I'm willing to grow and, and get help with you. But if, if you're not willing to do that, I am going, now you don't necessarily have to leave. You can just say, I'm going to, you know, further individuate myself and spend less of an investment in this relationship and more an investment in other friendships, other social activities. And some people do that and it works for them. You know, they just detach. Uh, I, I had one person who her husband finally died of alcoholism. She tried everything she could to get him to get sober. And she finally, after, you know, 20 years gave up and he wound up, he died of alcoholism later, but she had a full life. She was involved in all kinds of activities and she didn't want to get divorced over it for, and some people don't, but um, I really encourage people to go to a 12 step Al-Anon because it teaches you, you didn't cause it. You can't control it and you can't cure it. And you learn how to emotionally love yourself and take care of yourself, regardless of what the addict is doing. So those are the biggies of, you know, my happiness. I'm not on this planet to force someone to get something they don't want. Uh, That's not why I'm on the planet. I'm here to share and receive love. And if that means taking better care of myself, so be it. What about couples who meet in support groups, addictive support groups, whether it's Al-Anon or whether it's AA or whatever it is? Um, do you think they have a better chance because they're both in it and they're both recovering from the same thing? What's your feeling about that? Well, I think that depends on how mentally healthy and emotionally healthy they are. Some people meet uh, in, in recovery, and um, I have a couple of friends myself, and they've been married for a long, long time, have very stable and very good marriages. And what's really nice about that is they both have a program, and they can use the tools of that program like you know, when you're wrong, promptly admit it, uh, don't go to sleep at night, you know, without having done a personal inventory and making amends when you need to, uh, you know, start your day off with parameditation and end it like that. So when they share that program, they are more aligned than people who are just kind of 
doing their own thing all the time. On the other hand, some people have a lot of wounds when they come in and uh, it's not enough just to like a lot of people have um, sex addiction and substance addiction or gambling addiction and, 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 you know, they, they, and, and the addiction, what, what I talked about in the book too, you give up one thing, you start another, you know, so, but let's say someone has a sex and love addiction and a substance addiction, they really need to make sure that they have a program that's been in place for a while with that other addiction before they engage, because chances are they're going to hook up with another person with that kind of problem, and they're more inclined to relapse. So it's it's really, um, as you said, it depends. It depends on how far they are in their progress, where they are on their journey. Their mental state, mental and emotional state. All right. Well, we're we're about to go to break, but before we do, talk a little bit about the practice that you have now where you work with groups and you also do concierge practice. Okay. So uh, during COVID, uh, when people started calling and canceling, I said, you know, I don't think I want to do this type of therapy anymore. I've been just seeing, you know, psychoanalysis or just individual psychotherapy for most, for several decades at that point. And uh, I was kind of thinking already of changing things. I'd started writing books. So that was uh, that was like a new career that was naturally evolving. So when COVID hit, I, I said, I'm going to change. I'm going to change something. Uh, I don't like treatment. Um, I, when I send people to treatment, it, it just doesn't work out. They usually relapse. Uh, I, I don't agree with the way they're getting the treatment. I don't think they're addressing everything that needs to be addressed, and that's why they're relapsing. And I think I could probably provide that kind of service on an outpatient uh, basis for mental health and addictions or, you know, crisis counseling or whatever. I've got a background in most of it and training in most of it. So I said, I'm going to do a concierge practice and I'm going to work with just a few people at a time. They can invite anybody into the process that they want. Uh, this could be a corporate system or a family system or just a romantic couple. And I will uh, I will do one to two days of intensive with that system. And then I'm available 24-7. And then there's about an additional 20 hours after those intensives that they can um exercise and and either on zoom or in person it's up to them uh people do sometimes call me in the middle of the night and that's fine because usually those people weren't able to call somebody or cry out in the middle of the night when they were young and they've never really formed that type of security in a relationship so it allows them to do that it's like reparenting so we we do the intensives to get rid of all the old pain, and then we learn how to formulate a healthy relationship and a healthy dependency that becomes independent. You know, children, when they're about 18 months old, they want to become independent, and they individuate naturally. So that's what happens in therapy, too. Mm, it's very good. I take people to meetings. I get them plugged in with a support system. Um, and then, like I said, they can bring their, whoever that they would like to have, have participate in the therapy. And it's worked out really well. I've been doing it for three years. Uh, some people sign up for a month and they're done. Some people have continued year after year. And again, it's drdonnamarks.com. Okay. All right. We're going to take uh, a last break before uh, the last segment. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, cases, people that Donna Marks, Dr. Donna Marks has worked with and success stories you know, what have, what success has she seen and what are some more tips and techniques that we can do on our own 
to really help ourselves with self-love and also understanding the addictive process. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. My guest is Dr. Donna Marks. Her book is Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, and One Solution. She's a renowned psychotherapist, addictions counselor, and teacher of A Course in Miracles for over 30 years. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom. Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are talking about addictions. My guest is Dr. Donna Marks. And she is a renowned psychotherapist, addictions counselor, and teacher of A Course in Miracles for over 30 years. Her revised book is Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, and One Solution. Welcome back, Donna. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's talk about some success stories. Let's talk about, you know, just something that you think um, that you've seen a lot of and you've worked with people in this area and you've seen results. Well, uh, I'd like to tell you it's 100%. It's not. Um, Sometimes people come in for the wrong reasons. The people that um, do the best, uh, there's two categories. 
One is that they're really ready. They're like, they're so sick of their life being so unmanageable. It may not even be financial unmanageability, but just, you know, they just can't get up. They can't pay their bills. They can't show up for work. They, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of very wealthy people here. So like I said, it's not always financially, um, but they just are, they're just sick of, they're just, I can't do, I can't take this anymore. I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. So that's one thing. And excuse me, so they'll come and they do really well because they're ready. The other thing is when there's leverage. And by leverage, I mean that um, every addict or everyone with a problem, let's say, has an enabler. So the enabler does have leverage. Sometimes, um, let's just take financial leverage. Uh, There's so much substance problem here in Palm Beach with young people. Mm. And the parents will come in and they'll say, you know, my child's mentally ill. And I start asking questions. I'm like, well, your child might be mentally ill, but it sounds to me like they have an addiction. You know, they've got all the classic symptoms, you know, disappearing mm. for days at a time, mm. not showing up. Um, you, you looked at the text messages they are talking about getting um, drugs delivered. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're just, you know, and the more I gather the information, the more I see. And so it takes a while sometimes for the parents to get out of denial about that. They don't want it to be true. So it's not true. But meanwhile, the person's getting worse and worse. If you can catch this early on and intervene early on, uh, the recovery rate's really good. But what happens more often than not is that um, a technique has been developed by the addict and it, it, it works like this. The parents confront the person, like, what is the matter with you? And especially if they're in therapy, you know, they'll invite the person in and, and we'll start talking about like, are you, you know, are you on any substances, you know, da, 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 and, you know, they'll deny it. And then when the parent says, well, wait a minute, you know, you were high as a kite the other night, you, you fell down the stairs because you were drinking, um, you know, we got you an apartment and you can't even take care of your pet. Uh, Da, 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 da. And then the, the first line of defense is, you don't trust me. And it's a big dramatic thing and a major guilt trip. And, and that's what I call the smoke screen, you know. And most parents will back off of that. They are worn out. They can't deal with it anymore. And they'll back off of it. And they'll continue to pay the rent. They'll continue to tolerate money, jewelry being stolen, uh, credit cards, you know, bought at the grocery store on their uh, bills, you know, uh, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. What they don't understand is, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. You know, you 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 you, you don't feed into that manipulation because that's all it is. And you say, here's the deal. You're going to get help. You can either do it here or someone else, somewhere else. We'd like you to do it here. We'd like to heal as a family. We'll get help too. Um, and I'd like you to to do that. We are all going to be part of this, so there's no confidentiality secrets going on. It's all out in the open, and um, we want you to stop this behavior. We want you to become independent because we recognize you're now in your 30s, sometimes 40s, and uh, we haven't helped you. We love you, and, and we've, we've been seeing you as somebody who's not well, like you couldn't help it, but now we understand you can help it. 
and you can get better. And we want to see you have the life that you're here to have. We want to see you fulfill your purpose. And we recognize that we've interfered with that. So we're not going to do it anymore. Here's the timeline. Here's the expectations. And here's the plan. If you choose not to do it, such and such date, no more help. And some most people will, will have to will have to get evicted sometimes, which is real hard for the parents, you know, like, oh my God, what do people think of me in this town, you know? Um, but usually that they get their bluff called more than once. But then eventually the person important. gets it. They get it. It's called tough love. All right. We what's well, called real love in my book. <laughs> okay, real Because you do it very lovingly. You don't yes. do it like tough. Yes. You do it with yes. pure love. And you recognize that you haven't been loving your child. You've been hurting your child mm-hmm. by enabling them. Right. Closing thoughts. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? We've got two minutes. Well, what I'd like to just remind everybody is that every addiction is a substitute for love. And so once you can replace that and learn how to love yourself, whether you're with someone who has an addiction, replace all your focus on that with loving yourself or whether you have a, a problem. It doesn't even have to be addiction, a mental health problem or whatever. Replace that behavior with self-love. You'll find out that you will be able to walk away from that behavior like any other bad relationship. And after a while, you'll just be a happy person. I, I've been through it all myself. I totally understand it. I've, I've been in recovery myself. I've been married to people with addictions. I've had children that have struggled with it. And I know what works and what doesn't work. And the only real solution here is to learn how to replace it with love. Thank you so much, Dr. Donna Marks. It was really a wonderful interview and very enlightening. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I really enjoyed being with you this hour. Thank you. And and the website is drdonnamarks.com. Yes. Stay on for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, remember, if you're thinking about if you would like to see all these guests and and hear about them, uh, go onto my website, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com, and I'll, I'll put you on my mailing list so you can see the great guests. Also, if you're thinking of doing your own podcast and want to get your positive message out there, I've interviewed about 5,000 people in my four decades of doing this work and would love to help you. Also, um, I'm on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.